beyond infinity. We've talked quite a bit about uh, China with its social credit system and that applying to individuals as well as businesses, mm. both foreign and local businesses now subject to that same scrutiny. And now I believe that if you go and buy a smartphone over in China, there's some changes to what they want to do to be able to sign up for that. I mean, and don't forget in Australia, you have to have a driver's license to get a, a, a yep. new phone number anyway. So there is some linkage of a person to a particular phone number. But uh, in China, they're taking it a step further. Yeah, look, it was a re- new regulation announced earlier this year back in September, and it's just come into effect. And it is that if you go and sign up for a new mobile service, not only do you need to supply your you know, government ID, which is the same across pretty much all countries in the world, you now have to submit your face for facial recognition to confirm that what your ID says or what your ID shows is the person that is picking up the phone or taking the device itself. And that's not just for a phone security purpose. That's also to essentially allocate an ID to your internet usage. Right. This is now getting into that murky area of government now completely understanding and knowing the individual users because most people you know, in the world now are using the internet on their mobile device and I, I think mobile's sort of overtaken you know, laptop and, and desktop use for... It's by ubiqu- miles. By miles. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's ubiquitous around mm-hmm. the world and mm-hmm. so what it's doing now is it's saying, well, if you know, this person has purchased a mobile device, we've seen their ID but we've also now got the facial recognition what we've we can now say is we can know with certainty that this this user of this phone is is this person Um, so that means that if there's any issues with potential fraud which is a growing problem online or even abuse online uh, then it's there's the potential for the Chinese government to then relay that back to that particular user to be able to ID that user from their, their face print or the What's fingerprint. What's a way of catching yeah. someone if they're looking for someone and they've evaded capture they go to get a phone and, and the system pings them because they've had to submit a face it, facial scan and to it could get be. the phone. And we know that there's uh, lots of security cameras which are you know the social credit system which is recording data mm-hmm. so potentially when you go to buy a device you may be knocked back if you you've done enough bad things and your social credit score is too low you may not be able to access the internet or if you've got an okay credit score and you're able to buy that device in future you may have that reduced because something you do out on the streets where the cameras capture you says you know what that was unsocial and you're not allowed to do that therefore we're going to reduce your access and a lot of this is driven by ai so a lot of it's quite automated you know they've got they've got that many people in china i think it's 1.4 billion something like that they rely on automated systems to, to enforce a lot of this, sure. you know. So the the AI sort of says, or well, the algorithm says, okay, well, this person's been done for jaywalking. They haven't paid some taxes that, that were due. They've got a bad credit history. So when they make an application for some credit or they make an application for a permit to travel, whatever it happens to be, buy an air ticket, then those sort of things can automatically be stopped by the software. And that's one of the kind of insidious big brother yeah. aspects to it all. And I, I suppose there is, a, there is a practical side to it, which is that you couldn't do it manually given you've got such a big population. Of course. I was watching... Recently, a doco, I think it was 60 Minutes, and they were basically talking about these ghost cities that have been built, you know, where they can literally churn out cities in breakneck speed. And there was a big tech hub built, I think it was just outside Shanghai, 
and it's still completely unoccupied. Mm-hmm. They literally just stopped building it. They were all systems go until maybe about a year ago, mm-hmm. and then they just stopped. So the cranes are still there. Right. You know, department stores, all, hospitals, schools, everything, all kitted out. All you know, in a lot of cases, the hospitals they've got the gear in them, they've got the equipment, medical equipment, all that stuff inside them, mm-hmm. but they've just stopped because they are waiting, they've kind of effectively mothballed until the demand arrives. And where that demand's coming from is there's, out of that population of 1.4 billion, there's 400 million still who are living, I think it's something like $2 a day Mm. is their average wage, which is way below the, you know, the developed part of China, mainly on that eastern seaboard. And the, the plan of the government is to take those 400 million people and relocate them to these new cities, which at the moment are kind of called ghost cities. Right. Put them in there, and and then that's that's the future of China. So you're taking people out of that agrarian base. That'll become much more efficient. Fewer people required to do it. Mm-hmm. More mechanized. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. And those people get moved into these shiny new cities that are being built. But the problem is, and the reason why they're ghost cities at the moment is because until someone can afford to pay to live in them, sure, then they remain empty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and obviously there's it's this machine which is just ground on. I mean, some of the examples of where developers have, you know, they've there's, there's someone's got a house in the middle of a, a freeway and they refuse to move. Well they, they just <laughs> they build, build the, the freeway it. just goes around them. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's and, amazing. And and look potentially you could argue the fact that you know this is needed to you know this facial recognition for you know buying a phone device is a, a great idea because then you can completely understand the amount of internet users, the amount of people in a particular area. You can provide certain services, what roads are needed, what housing is needed. However, there's also the negative side, which is maybe controlling dissent, uh, which is you know, what China has done before and continues to do. I wonder if other governments around the world would look to this as as something which they think is a, a way to also control issues within the population because there is there is definitely a dark side to the internet there is definitely abuse that happens online there are people that use it to scam others identity theft whether they're taking out small loans or credit cards in other people's names or they're buying houses and other people's names mm. and this is somewhat relatively easy to do if you have enough data on somebody mm. which can be stolen in you know, a number of ways if you don't have good password security mm. um, if you've thrown out statements in your mail that someone happens to pick up and they can gain access to enough data points about you that they can take and alone in your navel. Mm. Well, is the data that's been collected and aggregated, is it secure? You know, that's something that we've talked about with metadata retention laws in Australia, the health ID information, which was uh, set up in Australia where doctors share information about your medical history. A lot of people opted out of that. And one of the things that we raised and you raised on this program was concerns about you know, the security of that data and yeah. where it gets used and whether it gets misused, whether it goes to third parties intentionally or not. And I guess that's one of the big things in China with this kind of biometric data, which is pretty vital stuff. I mean, yeah. it's on your passport. It can get you into a country. It can get you into a building. It can get you a job. It can get you in and out of university. This sort of information, if it's not handled <laughs> carefully and properly, falls in the wrong hands, then there's all sorts of frauds, well, identity theft that can go on. When you're leaving Australia, if you've got the smart pass, then you're getting your facial recognition you know happening there as well through the smart gates if you enter into some countries they're recording you know your fingerprint so look it, it is happening it's just how far is too far we don't know you're listening to beyond infinity your weekly dose of science and technology presented by me piers cunningham and me john young 